0: Our guest today is someone who personifies determination. Tim Snooks is the definition of a serial entrepreneur. He experimented with many different businesses until he found what he really loved, what he was doing already at his full-time job. Hear how he was able to transition into his own business and how it gave him the life he always wanted. the Founders Podcast. Listen to the stories of how everyday extraordinary people start amazing businesses. Hear how they overcome the odds and find success in the entrepreneurial world. The up and down, the good and the bad, and everything in between. And now, your hosts, Jordan Hansen and Brandon Minard. Hello and welcome everyone to the Founders Podcast. Um, I'm Jordan Hanson. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon Meinert, and we have joining us today, Tim Snooks. Hello, Tim.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tim is someone I've known for, uh, it's been probably about four years, I think. Um, and But the funny thing is, though, is my wife has known your family for a long time. When she was a teenager, she used to babysit your children. Is she that did. correct? That's right. That's right. That's right. It's kind of funny. Um i'm excited to have tim on uh he works uh his company is called tcs for his name right tcs technology is that what, what that's you said? Right. yeah that's right and you work primarily with technology uh really um government contracts where you're selling technology both hardware and software to federal entities federal government uh, right. groups i guess yeah. organizations yeah awesome. it
1: and health healthcare it to the federal government
0: that's awesome well we're really excited to talk to you today tim Um, thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Excited. My first podcast.
2: There you go. (laughs) Well, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, the tens of people that listen will be really interested to hear your, um, (laughs) your story for sure. But Tim, so are you originally from, it sounds like you're from the Treasure Valley. You're from Idaho originally.
1: Yeah, I I am from Idaho. I'm from a, a a small town in Eastern Idaho, Soda Springs. So, uh, Oh, gotcha.
2: Yeah. Oh, cool. So, your family is traditionally from Eastern Idaho, and then you guys you you came over here recently, or where did that all start?
1: Yeah, so um, after uh, after after high school, I went to college at Utah State in Logan, and uh, and and then that's where I met my wife, who is from here, from the Treasure Valley, and so after college, we we moved here, and we've been here ever since. No family here. Uh, I mean, they've actually all followed me here. So (laughs) all my, my parents are here. I've got brothers and sisters here, but, uh, um, yeah, I was the first one to come. The winters are a lot better on this side of the state. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) That's wind. Uh, so growing up in Soda Springs, was that on a farm?
1: So my grandfather was a farmer. My, uh, my dad was a police officer. My mom was a nurse. Um, you know, it's a, it's a blue collar community and, uh, uh, it was a great place to grow up. Yeah, it was a good place to grow up. That's that's kind of a, a lot. It, it's interesting. It, I think about where I grew up a lot when I think about business and where I've come and how I've got to to where where I'm at now. Um, I, I you know we weren't poor, but I felt like we were poor. I mean, we always had a you know a roof over our head and food, but I had this uh, you know this desire to have more than Uh, we had growing up. And uh, that had a lot to do with, I guess, my my drive.
2: Did your dad ever talk to you about following into his footsteps? Or did he say, look, avoid government jobs? Was there any sort of prep? Or did you, it sounded like you had a clear vision that you wanted to do more than what your parents were doing? Or that you had some drive yeah, you know, there. My, I, mean, I, but I was interested to know what your parents were telling you, if they told you to avoid their path or to embrace their path. Or, and it sounded like you had a, a clear vision of what you wanted when you were an adult.
1: Yeah. So my, yeah, my parents were, were great parents. They were loving parents, but they, they didn't, uh, they, they really weren't in a position to give me advice on what path to take. Um, you, neither one of uh, – well, so my, I mean my dad had gone through police academy. My mom had uh, become an LPN nurse, so there was some schooling there. But neither one of them were highly educated and neither one of them had uh, any business or investing um, you know, experience. And so that was uh, – I really just looked at their life and said, gosh, they're great, great parents. But uh, I want to do something completely different than how they've done things when it comes to, uh, was to it, what I, I did as a career.
0: Like, was it as clear as that when you were even in high school, like I am going to do like already, then you knew you were going to be doing something different than them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even much younger than that. I mean, I would, Really? yeah, yeah, I was, you know, um, again, we grew up in a, in a blue collar community and we were, for whatever reason, we seem to be kind of the lower end of that blue collar community when it comes to, uh to, uh, how we lived and the things we had. And, you know, we just had old broken down cars and just, uh, uh, not, not a very nice home. And I guess I was just, you know, I, I, I was a bit embarrassed by all of that wanted, um, you know, just didn't want to feel that way and live that way. And, um, um and so yeah I just had a desire way early to do something different. I started investing in mutual funds and things of that nature in high school. So I didn't even, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just had this desire to to start like investing how? and start saving and start you know. Like how, what
0: was the way to invest? I mean when you're that young. You have to it, mail in you have a like an advisor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting then too because like today, I mean I think a, I think if a 16 or 17-year-old really wanted to, you know, open a uh, an account and start investing um, with the, with the internet, it'd be easy. Right. Back then yeah. it, was, it was harder than that, especially out of Soda Springs, Idaho, you know, of all places. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't even remember exactly, but you know, I was really resourceful. I would talk to people, make calls, um, and, uh, and just try to learn all that I could. And, and along with that, you know, where I didn't have a mentor, I, I made plenty of mistakes. I mean, I was just, I was so uh, eager to do something, anything, <laughs> Uh, but that wasn't always the best approach, you know, and, and then and uh, my lack of experience um, sometimes uh, was painful. But those those lessons and my desire to, you know, keep going and, and learn and and do better um, kind of pushed me through all all the lack of experience.
2: Tim, were you the oldest or did you have any siblings?
1: Uh, so I had one younger brother, two years younger that that grew up with me and then I had some older Um, siblings that were um, half brothers and sisters, but they were already out of the home kind of, you know, um, by the time I got to my middle school and high school years.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Sometimes you hear stories of people wanting more and they're the oldest and they have to sort of, you know, be their own guide and do their own thing. And then they look with, at their younger siblings and say, they had so much more than I did, but it sounds like you were pretty driven from an early age, you know, just on your own.
1: Yeah, I was. You know, the other thing I think about too is um, sports was a big thing for me early. I just, you know, my little town, I mean, geez, I think anybody that had a little bit of uh, any any uh, ability and a little bit of desire could make the teams. But, but I just, I love sports and I love competing and I hated to lose. And um, I often think about, you know, how that's translated to um, what I do for a living and the successes I've had. And I think a lot of that is that that hard work and that, um, just despising losing that, uh, has really driven me.
0: So were you abnormal among your like friends? Like I, I can't, like, I didn't know, uh, Brandon, I'm sure you weren't investing in mutual funds in high school. I know it. So, and none of our friends were, did you, I mean, you must've been kind of an anomaly among your friends.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. It ex- yes. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I shake my head when I think about, I was crazy driven, you know, and and that wasn't always good. Like there was a point in my life when I had to, you know, I had to start getting getting some balance. I was like, I was like too focused on making money. I was too into my career. I was um, not, you know, giving my wife and children, um, you know, the time and attention they needed and and other things. And so I had to pull back and that that was hard for me because I just was always on, always going, always pressing, always, you know, and so, uh, yeah, it was maybe a, a blessing, but a little bit of a curse too.
2: <laughs> so Tim, you went to Utah state and, you know, if I didn't know your story coming from Soda Springs, going to Utah state, that's more of a agricultural college as well. But it sounds mm-hmm. like, did you go into computers initially? Did you know what you wanted to study?
1: I did not know what I wanted to study. No. Uh, and I, I got a business degree from, uh, from Utah state and, um, you know, college for me was just like, okay, I gotta get past this step so I can go make money. Um it, it, it just, you know, it was something that I knew um that that I needed to do, that it would open up, you know, doors for me. I didn't understand really how, but and I I, I enjoyed the college experience, but I was really anxious to just get through it. <laughs> um And so, yeah, I got a business degree. I didn't know what I was going to do after that. I knew I didn't want just a regular job. I I knew I wanted to run a business. I wanted to do, you know, um, something bigger and better than just being an employee. But I didn't really understand or know how that was going to work out.
2: See, that's fascinating to me. Coming from a family that your, your dad was an employee, your mom was an employee their whole lives, it sounded like you know, to have the mentality that you wanted to own your own thing coming out of college is, is I think rare, you know, but mm-hmm. that's yeah. pretty awesome. What did you do right out of college?
1: So from Utah state, we, we, we looked at, uh, um, you know, moving to Salt Lake for opportunities, looked at moving to Boise for opportunities and, and ultimately chose, chose Boise. Um, and, um, that, that, again, that's where my wife is, is from. And, and um, started with a technology company uh, by the name of Micron Electronics. It was a spinoff of Micron Technology, the, the DMRAM manufacturer. And I, I, I re- uh, that was in 1995. I still remember after my first day coming home and telling my wife, uh, this will work until I figure out what I really want to do. <laughs> um,
0: Which means you weren't pumped. It was okay, but yeah, not no, like... Yeah, I, I had no idea
1: what I was doing. Um, I, I got into you know sales. But, you know, within, that was uh, during the the computer boom of the early uh, early to mid nineties. And um, there was a lot of of stuff going on and a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity. And within the first, you know, like two months of working there, um, I was promoted into and helped start Micron PC's federal division, which, you know, didn't mean anything to me at the time. I mean, I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, a little bit of a, uh, a, a raise, a little bit of uh, uh, recognition, and so I'll go do this now. And I, I didn't even really understand what that was all about. Um, but that division grew and grew and grew, and I, I, I gained a lot more responsibility and started to understand the uh, the federal marketplace and started to make connections clear back then that I still um, benefit me today. Um of people you know around the the country that are in that business and so that was huge for me Um, i was i was there for 17 years it drove me crazy to be an employee for 17 years but i was there for 17 years and i just kept learning and growing and um at the same time i tried all kinds of different things on the side i had a couple of uh of mailbox etc type um you know shipping and packaging stores they weren't uh, it wasn't mailbox etc they were independent I had a couple of uh, FedEx ground contracts where every, um, every FedEx ground package in the Boise area that was delivered or picked up was on trucks that I owned and with you know personnel that I employed. I had a, a, a tire recycling company that would take discarded tires and make rubber mulch out of it. And my brother ran that and we had quite a few employees um, doing that for quite a while. And so I was doing all of that uh, and investing in real estate, um, uh, both residential and commercial, while, while I was working at, uh, at Micron PC. And I did that for probably about a 10-year period. It was, it was pretty brutal. It was, uh, it was a lot of work. And, and some of that worked out really well, some of it not so well. Um, but, Tim, what uh, didn't
2: work it, out well? Of those well, that you mentioned? In
1: two, yeah, in 2008, you know, the uh, the real estate crash was one thing that was was very challenging. In fact, that affected all of those businesses to some degree. Um, uh, but, you know, some of those businesses weren't great businesses. And I just didn't have, again, the, the um, experience or the wisdom to recognize that they weren't great businesses. And no matter how hard I worked at them, um, they weren't going to be great businesses. And honestly, I should not have been involved in them. And so I was able to just with hard work and, and you know, just uh, staying with it, I was able to um, make them work, but my time and energy could have been spent elsewhere uh, for better returns. So,
0: so why those
1: experiences did though, is, is really helped me recognize early in life, a lot of things that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be in retail. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I didn't yeah. really want to have a lot of employees, you know, I didn't want, really want to have a, a lot of those, those headaches and limitations that, uh, you know, that, that I experienced during that time.
0: So it, why did you, I, I mean, you were driven, you knew you wanted to be your own, own boss. And it's funny because what you were doing then with it's NPC, right? As I remember Micron PC group, yep. um, what you were doing then is like what you're doing now.
1: It's exactly but, what i'm doing now but you were like
0: in there when you were in there you were like nah i don't want to do this
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> instead you did all those other things
1: i did yeah and while i was there i made a great uh great salary i was always um i always had an incentive piece of my um compensation you know a commission if you will and and uh every year my my income grew and grew and grew over those 17 years so it was it was great why i was there but what it really um enabled me to do is once. And An MPC computer, it switched names to like microelectronics, but it, it ultimately went bankrupt. That that was after it switched hands a few times of ownership. And um, and when that happened, that was a great day for me because that uh, enabled me or forced me to go out on my own and leverage all that experience and those contacts that I developed over all those years while I worked there. And in fact, um, was able to really take the team that um, had worked for me up over all those years I was their manager and um and, and and we still work together today we still do the same thing we've always done um but I'm I'm able to do that now as a business owner rather than an employee
2: I really want to go back to a portion of the of your story where you talked about the businesses that weren't good businesses that weren't going to work because uh, you know the transition from micron electronics which is to TCS is I really want to hear, but I also could, could you talk about those businesses? What did it mean to run those? Was it worth it in the end? Could you have gotten the same experience doing something else? What, what made you find out those wouldn't work or those businesses wouldn't work? I mean, what was that whole, if you were to summarize or you, I guess go into detail a little bit more about that process and that chapter in your life.
1: Yeah, so those businesses, I guess, you know, you could say they did work. They did turn a profit each year. Um, but when I look at the uh, the potential of those businesses, there wasn't really um, – there wasn't the potential there that um, there should have been for me to be involved and so let's just say one of the small businesses would turn a profit of $30,000 a year after a lot of hard work, one of those shipping and packaging stores. So the two together would be $60,000 of profit. You know, I mean, it's still, I guess, successful in some people's mind because that's a, that's a profitable business. And if if I would have wanted to have an, instead of two, maybe 100 of those or 50 of those, then you could see where that could take you somewhere. But in and of themselves, um, there wasn't really taking each of those stores um, from a thirty thousand dollar a year profit to uh three or four hundred thousand dollar a year profit that wasn't gonna you know that just wasn't gonna happen and so um you know when i just when I stepped back and just looked at what I'd got myself into, I was like, you know, I could have really studied the numbers better, really understood the market even better. Uh, before I bought these businesses and understood what their potential uh, was, and then and then really asked myself, okay, do you want to put in this time and effort and the risk involved for that type of return? And the answer was, after a couple of years of doing it, no that, that I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Um, but I, I couldn't really see that until I got into it, as as opposed to recognizing it before I got into it.
2: Would you looking back? would you do it again? Would, would you buy those businesses again? Or if you had the knowledge you have today, would you have avoided them completely?
1: Uh, if I had the knowledge I have today, I would have avoid, avoided them completely. Really? Yeah. But I often say that I wouldn't probably change anything that I've done. Right. Just because I You're don't know regret. that I have the experiences that I yeah. have had um, with without even those, you know, those mistakes and those harder, harder times. Um, I certainly wouldn't have changed anything about my microelectronics experience because that everything that I learned and experienced there, um, you know, has, has benefited me greatly.
2: Yeah. Cause sometimes you, even these failed in, in your case, they were successful, but not to the level you wanted, but sometimes the experience alone is enough to say, yeah, that's, that was worth it. But other times, I've been involved in experiences where you think, "Well, I, I I could have gotten that same experience doing something else with my time, and would have avoided it." So it's interesting to hear your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I and I say I wish I would have had mentors and people to guide me. But you know, to be quite honest, I don't know if I would have listened to them. I mean, I just uh, unfortunately, right? Yeah. Um, you know why? Why is that? Just because you know you don't want to hear what you don't want to hear right? I mean, I think that, uh, wise mentors would have been like, you know, Tim, don't get involved in that or don't do that. Or, or, um, uh, you know, and, and would have probably tried to sit me down and tell me the reasons why, but I just, I just think that I was so like ready to go and wanting to do something that I just didn't have the patience and the, uh, in the, in the wisdom to, uh, to listen. Um, unfortunately, I mean, that's just being honest. Um, in fact, I can think back on a few cases where, um, I was, you know, people did tell me not to do things and I still did them <laughs> anyways. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so some of these things, I guess I just had to experience, um, and, 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 you know, get knocked around a bit to, to learn and to grow.
2: Was your wife any, ever one of those people that said, Tim, don't do that. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> she has been,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, she was uh, definitely one of the the wisest mentors that I should have listened more to. She's really uh, got a knack for real estate. She um, she has an eye for real estate, and and um, when I when I listened to her when it came to real estate, we I think we always made money. When I didn't listen to her, um, we sometimes made money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny. So, so did you s- did your wife at all? Was she was she always supportive in everything that you did or? did she ever voice concern about going into these ventures or did she want you to be commit more to Micron electronics?
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to that question. Those are good questions and, and there's a lot of experiences that we've had together. Uh, I don't know that she ever like wanted me to just stay at Micron forever. Um. She was supportive in, you know the goals and desires that i had um she you know fortunately because i always had a full time job that paid very well our um our lifestyle really never suffered even when i was you know even when some of these experiences were a bit painful um because i just worked really hard and had multiple things going on we always had you know good income coming in, which allowed the family to have the things that they needed. So I never, I never put the family in jeopardy, um, at any time, you know, due to my choices or my, um, aggressive, you know, goals. And so she was always good with that, but there was, there was times when she'd be like, gosh, are you sure? You know, you want to, you want to get yourself involved in that also, or, you know, do you have the time and energy to do that? And, um, and then there was, there was, uh, for sure, a few things where she just was like, I don't feel good about that. And some of those I did anyways, and, and then she'd have to come back around and say, remember, I told you, and be <laughs> like, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got, you know, that was a period of of, of time. And I kind of got that out of my system. And then, um, I, you know, I'm, um, I guess I'm proud to say over the last, I don't know, 10 years, I, I can't point to anything that I've got into that uh, hasn't been uh, a better decision. And, and a better investment so at least i haven't been continuing to make the same mistakes right um might have made them once but uh but not
0: over and over so micron uh, you said it did uh, you say it was been bankrupt that division when did, when was that did you, whenever something happened did you say bankrupt
1: yes yep yeah, yeah. bankrupt and so um let's see that would have been about
0: 2008
1: about 12 13 years ago Yeah.
0: Okay. So right around 2009, probably because of the market crash, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that
1: had some, some to do with it. Um, there was, there was a series of unfortunate events there. You know, there was some of the, some, some of the best people I've ever worked with came out of that company. And I, I still do business with today, just a really great group of people. And it was unfortunate what happened to that company just because the people were so awesome that worked there. Um, just dedicated, smart, hardworking people. it was a unique group. but ownership uh, going from public to private and back to public and and uh, switching hands uh, like it did, um, it, uh, it 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 was just constrained as far as the the cash necessary to keep that that company going.
0: So it ended in two thousand and eight maybe two thousand and ten you said you kind of took your whole group and is that when you started your own, you said, I'm going to do my own version of this.
1: Um, Is that the birth of TCS? Uh, Yeah. Well, TCS come along a couple years uh, later. And so we transitioned to a small business, uh, working for a small business. Micron was obviously a large business. We needed to be with a small business and even more important, a small business that was owned by a veteran. Um, and so uh, we transitioned to that role. And our main customer was the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, that was a customer that uh, we knew really well, had done a lot of business with at Micron, and knew we wanted to continue to focus there. And, um, and, and then um, shortly after that is when I was able to start TCS and, um, and, and be a, a partner with that um, service-disabled veteran-owned small business
2: so were you nervous at all starting your own, going from, I guess you'd had so much experience starting other businesses, but this venture, was it a difficult decision or was it a pretty easy go?
1: You know, at that point, Renan, we had, um, you know, I'd, I'd been in the business for so long and um, and had things lined up to the point where it was a pretty easy decision at that point, and certainly a lot less risky than, some of the other things that I had done in the past. So yeah, no, um, once there was that opportunity, um, yeah, we took full advantage of it and, uh, made all sense. Uh, you know, when you, when you have your own business, you have no salary, right. You have no, uh, insurance, uh, you have to go, you know, figure things out each month and some months are really good and other months are, are not as good, but overall it's, it was, it was so much better than, um, being an, an employee of a company and having that company benefit from all of my experience and all of my contacts and relationships that I had built, um, so yeah, it was a it was an easy decision, and haven't even one time, um, you know, second guess that decision. It's uh, it's been, um, you know, e- even better than we had ever imagined it would be. So,
2: and then when when the start when that first started ramping up was it full speed ahead right from the start or was there a slow start and you would kind of slowly build up customer base and talk to me about the start of i guess the first third of that yeah company you know, start.
1: Each, each year so it did even though the first year was um as compared to now was um you know smaller i guess i don't know like you know it it's grown business has grown each year a lot um this last year in 2021 was certainly our best year ever uh, which is pretty uh amazing and crazy considering everything that was going on in the world um but yeah yeah so it's it's uh, but the first year we were super happy i mean the first year we're like wow look at this and you know and this this is awesome and then it's just it's uh we've just been able to grow and expand you know from there and you know the biggest thing that we hear um, as far as why manufacturer partners and other, other people in the industry want to do business with, with, with our little group is that they trust us. I always think that's interesting, um, that they know that they can come to us and we'll get the job done and we'll do it. There will be no surprises. And, uh, and, um, and I, I, just, it, I just find that interesting that uh, one of the main reasons people come to us is, is, is because they can trust us.
2: One thing I like to talk about, or I like to listen to Tim and these conversations that we've had is, has there ever been, and we can learn so much from, has there ever been a moment since you started the company where there was an existential crisis to where you thought, wow, this, this could go either way, or this could really, this is a really big threat to the success of our company. Has that moment ever occurred?
1: it has not no uh fortunately we think of things that could um that could greatly affect our business you know things like congress not agreeing on a budget for you know they don't agree on a budget every year but for right. some very long period of time uh, to the point where that could you know because we're all in with federal uh the federal marketplace the federal budget is is our business and so, you know, there's some risk there. Now, I, I don't know that that would ever happen, but it does make you nervous, right? Um, there are there are other policy changes around contracts and, um, and and things that are out of our control that could um, one day affect our business. And so, yeah, there's there's those things that that worry me. Um, but uh, you know, outside of that, uh, we have we have a, a diversified. Um, business and so if one thing isn't working you know hopefully five other things are there'd have to be a lot of things that would um, need to go wrong before we'd have you know a a real bad year and so it's it's yeah it's just really nice how a lot of hard work over a lot of years have has created a a a really good business for for me and for the people that uh, have been with me for all these years
2: definitely do you you know, I don't have a lot of experience working uh, with the government as a customer. What are some of the, the hard parts on a day to day working with a government agency as a customer?
1: Well, working with the federal government is, is awesome. There's lots of opportunity, always a lot of opportunity. In fact, um, um, not being focused might be one of the, the hardest things to do because there's, there's opportunities to go after every day. And, um, and so, you, you know, you really have to be focused on what, where your niche is and, and where you can add value and where you can win business because everything, uh, all business to the federal government is competed heavily. And so, you have to, uh, to stick in your lanes and, 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 um, and be working and adding value um, throughout the process if you expect to, to win the, you know, the RFQs once they're posted. Um, you know, and then um, I, I just I think that uh, I think in working with the federal government, you've got to be really patient. The sales cycles are really Damn. long. And so if you're a person that, you know, wants to see success every single day, that isn't going to happen. You might start working an opportunity today and it, it may not actually, you know, come in for two years. I mean, sometimes they're that long. Sometimes they span across multiple. Um, you know, federal um, cycles. And so that's probably the biggest thing is you have to be patient with the federal government. They, uh, they don't move fast. <laughs> they don't always pay fast either. But they always, oh. they always pay their bills, just sometimes not real
0: fast. Yeah. So earlier, uh, Tim, you mentioned, um, you, you know, you're very driven. And you said at some point it was even a detriment, um, because you were so financially driven. And I think Brandon and I both are pretty financially driven. Um, and I, this thought occurs, you know, you, there's always that balance you got to have. Uh, can you talk to us more about that? Like how this happened in your life? You know, we don't want to get too personal, but you know, how did you work through that work through still, you know, balancing your contentment with your family, with the ambition you have? Yeah,
1: no, it's a super good question. So I have five children and, um, and, you know, during that time when I was working, I had microelectronics and had all those other businesses going. I mean, it was just survival mode every day. I mean, I had no choice but to um, just be working day and night. And and I still, um, you know, did things like... Um, Served in my church and, um, and of course, you know, went to my kids' ball games and and things like that. I I wasn't ignoring everything, but even when I was doing those things, my mind was still, you know, wondering what I needed to be doing next for my businesses or, or avoiding, you know, the daily crisis or whatever. And, um, I I guess as as some of my kids have, you know, started to grow up and started to get into high school and then even graduate from high school, it was, it was really a, a wake up call where, I was like, man, I need to, I'm going to be missing out on really important things if I don't, if I don't get some balance here. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think I've been a pretty good husband. I think I've been a pretty good dad, but I recognize that I could be a lot better and that, um, you know, money isn't everything. And, and uh, there's, there's definitely more important things in life and things that I was going to regret if I didn't get some balance going in my life.
0: So how do you do that? I mean, what, you just said, okay, I'm going to start, you, I sell those businesses. How, how did you? Yep, Yeah. I, yeah. I
1: that's, uh, I sold those businesses and, um, and, and during that time, uh, again, when Micron, um, uh, was no more and, uh, I was able to get my, what I knew and where I had all that experience. Once that became my, my business, I didn't have a need to go chase other things that I didn't really need to be involved in and didn't know much about. Uh, I still did a little bit of investing in, in, you know, in real estate here and there. But even that I, I peeled way back and um, started just investing a lot more in, and, and uh, in mutual funds and diversification and things that I didn't need to really, you know, watch after and worry about every day, just continue to contribute um, to and then just focus on my, uh, my main business, you know, what I knew and where I had value and, and uh, what had really always paid the bills anyways, even though I was trying to do these other things. And once I got to that point, then my life just kind of naturally balanced out and my stress level went down and, and everything started to seem like it was more in control.
2: Did your family member, did your children or your wife ever talk to you about scaling back before you did?
1: Uh, they didn't, no. I I don't know if that's because they didn't really <laughs> recognize how unfocused I was all the time or if uh, if they did and just didn't say anything. But, no, there was never any, like, serious family talks about that.
0: No interventions. Yeah, there or
1: maybe should have been, but
0: there wasn't. <laughs> <No. so. laughs> I know, you know, I've certainly been at... Ball games or whatever when my mind's on something else and you can do a good job of pretending to some point so right. maybe you know that's kind of what it was and that was actually my next question I was going to say what about other businesses right now it sounds like you don't have any right now you're happy with this we always wanted you wanted to be have your own business and now that you found it you feel content
1: that's right yeah it, absolutely yeah no i i t- today i mean it would have to be a pretty amazing opportunity for someone to pull me into you know something new or to go a different direction um i'm i'm uh, i'm not looking to get in anything different or do anything different or um you know in fact anytime i start to because I, I naturally when i see something i start to do the numbers in my head and think about it and then i and then i i, I but anymore i go you know just stay focused i mean that's that's my thing is just stay focused and um uh, it was funny, for a couple of years, you know, my, my goal was don't lose money in any investments this year, right? Like that was the goal. Don't lose it money and, you know, a real estate investment or a, an investment in the stock market. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, so I don't have to worry about those type of goals anymore. I haven't had for a number of years and definitely uh, content in focusing on uh, on what I'm doing right now. It's awesome.
2: Tim, what do you, what the next 10 years look like? Do, do you want to like with TCS, bring your kids in, bring your family in. Do you want to run it until you're 101 years old? Like, yeah. what What is your future? You know, what are your, what would be the ideal next stage?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's another great question. I, um, I love what I'm doing and, uh, I, you know, I, uh, I've, I've thought about like, when would I want to retire? When would I want to stop working? And, and I don't know, it kind of scares me to stop. I enjoy it. Um, but I think I, you know, I don't know. I need to, again, it would be selfish to just continue to do this maybe until, you know, late in life, maybe, maybe there's other things I should, uh, I should want to do or focus on. So I've got to come to terms with that. Um, as far as bringing my family into it, I think I would love to do that. I'd love to see uh, some of my kids, um, want to do it. I, uh, it's such a unique thing though. And, and, and probably a little bit of a downside to um, what I do in my business is it's not like it's one of those businesses where you can build it up and then sell it to somebody. There's not that value there. It's kind of like, we are the value it's, it's, it's me and my team. And without me doing it, you know, it's not like I could sell it to you, Brandon, or you, Jordan, and you guys just pick it up from there. It, It would, it would just unfortunately not work. Um, and so uh and it's it's the same with my kids coming in. They would need to really want to do it and need to really um, want to learn all about it and um and and really get involved and start developing relationships. and so um no one showed interest in that yet, none of my kids. I think that uh, it's it's funny because my kids today still cannot really explain what I do to their friends. Which is not that hard, but they they like to um, since it is federal government and we're in Idaho and nobody understands what that means to contract to the federal government. They always want it to uh, sound like it's something way cooler than it is, like you know something undercover or a spy or whatever. They they love to joke, uh, Jordan. You know my my daughter Jessie. She loves to play that up and uh, and make it out to be some like really cool thing when it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: okay. Now, would you say, Tim? You, when you talked to earlier, you said you were when you were a kid, you had goals, right? You wanted to be at a higher spot than where you were when you were a child. Do you feel like you've made it?
1: I do. You know, one of my goals was to. It's uh, uh, that, that's, that's kind of funny along the, the lines of what my goals were. I, I wanted to own the Utah Jazz. I thought that'd be cool to own the Jazz. <laughs> First of all, I wanted to you know, like play in the NBA, right? You know, white, <laughs> and white guy, right? And, uh, but uh, as soon as uh, that quick bad dream, uh, you know, was absolutely unrealistic at a, at a young age. I was like, okay, then I can own the jazz. That would be, that'd be the next best thing.
2: Well, the jazz but, just changed ownership hands just a, a short time ago. So
1: they Darn did it? and i was super jealous i remember yeah. where, where i was when i when i read that and i was like wow that's cool that he was able to do that yeah uh yeah smith is his name i believe right and um uh, yeah, pretty awesome so yeah so he's living my dream i guess but no George, <laughs> i'm uh, totally uh content and happy and feel like that uh i've accomplished I, I i guess you know the dreams that i had set out to to do
2: Tim, I have a few questions uh, follow up. So, you're to look back, or, or I guess let's phrase it this way: If you were going to talk to a younger Tim coming out of Utah State, and you had an hour to talk to younger Tim, what would you say as counsel to him and say, "Look, do this, don't do that, focus on this, don't focus on that." I mean, what would be the main piece of advice you would want to give younger Tim?
1: Yeah. So to uh... You know, to to work hard and, and whatever you decide to do, just just, just try to stay focused and, and do that the very best that you can. Whether that's, you know, if you get into the automobile, I don't know, automobile industry, learn everything that you can about that industry. Be a, a student of the industry and just learn and grow and, and be valuable, figure out how to add value to that industry. Um. And then you know, to avoid debt, honestly I mean i would uh, I would tell anyone to be very careful about uh, debt, business debt or um, or borrowing from friends or family or any of that stuff. It just adds so much stress and there's so much risk that comes along with that and I think ultimately um, it, it inhibits you more than it helps you so i would I would counsel that uh, to avoid to avoid debt, business debt, and other debt
2: you didn't um, talk about that much did you take out much debt when you were running these other companies
1: i did during that time yeah i did during that time and i, I certainly learned from it and, uh, really yeah there, it was there was some of it that uh, certainly um, enabled me to have leverage that i would not have had and i couldn't have done as many things as i i did during that time without without debt but then you know as soon as things start to turn the other way in the economy um it adds a tremendous amount of stress to have have that debt and have those payments when things aren't uh rocking and rolling
2: That's good advice. Yeah, definitely. I I always think it's interesting what you would say to somebody wanting to start their own business coming out of college or at a crossroads in their career on knowing, you know, what what's what's the most important thing to focus on. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say just, you know, looking at the path I took, I would, I would encourage, um, you know, a young Tim to, to, to go and be an employee. There's nothing wrong with being an employee uh, with the goal of owning your business. And as you're an employee, be a great employee, but again, learn everything you can about the business or industry that you want to go into as you're an employee. I think it takes a lot of risk, um, out of being a, a business owner. And I also think that, um, um, that you can, it's where you can learn, right? You, you, you can learn about the industry, about, uh, what you'll be doing as an employee. And I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends that, uh, you know, are home builders, very successful home builders started working for a construction company. Um, I, I think I can think of a lot of examples where successful business people that I know started out working, um, you know, for a company.
2: That's
0: awesome. That's that is a fascinating story. Super interesting. Brandon, do you have anything else?
2: Uh, let's see. I'm trying to make sure I covered everything. I mean, Jordan hit the a good one about when you were scaling back. That was a really interesting uh, area for me. I just, um, and I know we've talked about if you would do anything different. I, I always like to look at your story and think okay, Tim, what, what would you do differently if you could? you know, take one thing back. And it seems like you talked about that a little bit as well. So, um, no, I think I'm pretty good. I think, I I think
1: I'd avoid those, you know, those sideline businesses. That's what, if I could take, you know, a part, a part of my, my business life back, it would be that part. It definitely would not be, uh, those 17 years that I was an employee that was, um, super Mm -hmm. beneficial, but those, those sideline businesses, um, if if i could do it all over again that would not be a part of my story
2: <laughs> but it it's it's so hard though tim cuz it sounds like you and i enjoy or you know we're we're all fairly similar in that it's so attractive <laughs> to think <laughs> what you could do with something else you know on top of what you're also doing and the curiosity is so strong especially when you're coming out of college and you're wanting to build that vast empire of Uh, of whatever Tim's businesses are, you know, I, I've gotten drawn into a number of things, you know, to where they, they take my focus away from my, my core competency, my core companies, but it's so difficult because it's so interesting. And so, uh, you know, I can definitely see the appeal of doing many different things to see, you know, because why not? Right. But
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, one other thing I've learned is uh, as partnerships or or doing business with people, um, you know, it's it's like a marriage, right? I mean, when you when you make that that decision to be a partner with somebody, um, boy, it's a big decision, and it's 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 cool that you guys work together and have known each other since you know first grade. I mean, that's awesome. But um, my experience with partnerships haven't always been, you know, um, so good. It, it's just hard to stay. In alignment with your partner, it's um, and 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 that just makes things even more complex. Now, obviously, partnerships can add a lot of a lot of value. You know, where I'm weak, maybe my partner is you know is is strong, and I've seen that as well too. But uh, there there have been a few people that I've done business with in partnerships that um, we didn't talk about that I wish I would have been uh, again wiser and thought through a little bit more. And, uh, and really, and really, you know, just, uh, you know, thought through the process of what's this, what's this going to look like in six months or a year or three years? And, and how's this person going to be to work with if things don't go well, you know, am I going to be able to trust them? Are, are they, are they, uh, where are they at in their life? You know, um, how's their marriage? How's their stability? Just a lot of different things that come into play, um, around partnerships.
2: So that's hard because you never know where that person's going to be in three years or four years or five years. So that's, that's partnerships are a fascinating topic. Um, yeah, it really is. to discuss you know,
1: their, their business decisions and even their personal decisions, um, you know, can and will affect your partnership. If, if you have a, uh, you know, if you've made that decision to be a, to, to be that close of a relationship with them.
2: Yeah. But how do you know? I mean, and the, from the onset, it's so enticing because you only see strengths of the partner, right? And and you're so you're both so excited about what could be. It's uh, like da- it
0: sounds like you're describing a dating
2: relationship. Dating. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah but it's, no,
1: it's, yeah. it's 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 tough. Um, I I, uh, I just I I think that if I had to do it again, there was there was some things, some people that I partnered with that there was definitely some red flags. And once again, because I was such an, you know, so eager and so, so driven that even though I saw those flags, I was just like, oh yeah, but it'll be okay. Or, um, he'll change or he won't do that, you know, to me. A change. Uh, and, and, you know, that was, I was just fooling myself. I mean, you know, and so I think that, um, you have to, you know, have to trust your gut and, and, and watch for those red flags. And when you see them, boy, you got to run. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Run that's a way. hard, that's hard to do. Yeah. That was very hard to do. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I really appreciate it, Tim. That's an incredible story to listen to.
0: Yeah. It's been great. Thanks so much for coming on. Tim. Awesome.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. best of luck to you, too. Thank
0: Thanks for listening to the Founders Podcast. Be sure to follow the host on Twitter. Search at B Hanson and at Brandon Miner to discuss more. Also, be sure to visit thefounderspod.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content.